What is up, everybody, and welcome into A to Z Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's get into the show. Let me know in the chat who are some of your biggest winners. Let, let, tell me one. Who's your biggest winner among Dallas Cowboys players out of the moves that we have seen so far in free agency for the Dallas Cowboys. And in the meantime, let me share the actual slides for you tonight, what we have in store. Hey, don't make fun of my graphics tonight. Uh, just, just a warning. They're not drawings, but they're not great either. So we're going to get started here on the show in a few moments. Uh, let me read some of your comments, though, before we move on. Some of your biggest winners after free agency shout out to everybody thank you to mark aaron thank you to mark aaron thank you to ines uh shout out ollie and tom saying donde esta el equipo de mexico where is mexico's team in the world baseball classic man that was a painful that was a painful night and i agree with benji Hill, the manager for mexico's team when he says that the world of baseball won last night with that game but for a moment, it definitely, for the night, the entire night, it didn't feel like it. It felt like a left hook to the body. That was, that was very, very, uh, very tough. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, you're bringing it. You are bringing it, people. Blue Dab says, yo, Mauricio. <laughs> it's plain and simple. It is time that we name that chin pimple. <laughs> I've had this my entire life. It's not a pimple. It's, it's like a mole. I've had this my entire life. I had a friend in elementary school that actually had a name for it. <laughs> so it's not a pimple. It is a mole right here. It is part of my, of, of, of my personality now. <laughs> That was a good game. All right, let's see. Let's see some of your answers here. Your biggest winners for the Dallas Cowboys free agency so far. Caught a love says Wilson, and I think that is a fair, fair answer. Uh, Donovan Wilson got paid over, you know, uh, six million dollars per year. He's going to be making three years. Let's see here. Holly says, Mo, can you translate what you say at the end before you sign off? All right, I will. I will make that note and I will give you my goodbye in Spanish and in English. Uh, let's see here. Mauricio, nah, definitely Gilmore. This is Kevin. Stefan Gilmore is definitely a winner. I, I think so too. You could You could call him a winner just because, you know, Oh, man, I hate myself. I didn't plug in my computer. Oh, man, you're going to have to, you're going to have to excuse me while I improvise here because we didn't plug the computer. So in the meantime, I'm just going to base myself while I walk around the studio right now. 
and I'm going to use what you guys had to say about Stefan Gilmore. Actually, you know what? I think that I can make this work perfectly. I'm going to... All right. Here we go. We are improvising. I hope that you can listen to me right now. I think that you can. But Stefan Gilmore went from being an Indianapolis Colt to a Dallas Cowboy in just a few days. So I think that he's also a winner in this entire free agency period. I would agree with that. And he's also going to be playing with a very strong supporting cast. This is quite the blooper right now. I'm sorry. But he's going to be playing on a Dan Quinn-led defense. And he's going to be working with Trayvon Diggs on the opposite side of the, of the defense. And he's not going to be, he's not going to have to be the number one guy. He's going to have to play as the number two behind Trayvon Dix. That is a huge win. And he's also probably going to have to see more responsibilities, though, in the sense that the Cowboys do play a lot of single high coverages. And he's coming off a defense that actually was evolving to kind of a too high look over there in Indianapolis. So he might have more on his plate, but he's going to have so a so much better supporting cast around him. So, all right, we are back here. Whew. Man, this show stinks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am back. <laughs> we, we, we've been improvising tonight on the show here. Uh, we can hear you, Moses, lost in translation. Yeah, I had to turn on another mic, and I was just walking around the studio while I talked to you. Let's get to it. Biggest winners and losers. I'm going to get to mine really quickly here. Tight end Jake Ferguson. And as you can see, I'm going to go with some of the guys that were not really involved in the actual moves. So I'm not going to call Stephon Gilmore a winner. I'm not going to call... For example, Brandon Cooks, a winner, although he definitely was one. Uh, but I'm going to go with players that were impacted by the signings or the trades or the acquisitions and departures, right? So I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson. The reason is very simple. Dalton Schultz is gone. And that was the expectation. It's not a surprise. But now Jake Ferguson gets the opportunity to be the number one guy on this offense. Even if the Cowboys go ahead and draft somebody as early as the first round, it's probably Ferguson's job to lose at this point because he has proven that he can be efficient as a blocker. He's a willing blocker. We know that. And he's also a yards after the catch threat in the receiving game. So we're going to have to see how he does on a full-time role. But to me, Jake Ferguson is one of the clear winners because he's going to be working on an offense that puts a lot of emphasis into the tight end. And the Cowboys might be willing to explore more dynamic routes with somebody with the skill set of Ferguson. I know that maybe his athlete, athleticism is not like out of this world, maybe in terms of player evaluation. Like he looks athletic out there with the football, but you can get more athletic guys maybe even in the NFL draft. That's the reason why Jake Ferguson dropped to the fourth round last year. But I'm guessing after seeing what, what he had to show in 2022, then the Cowboys are going to be able to, are going to be willing to give him more designed opportunities to make some damage with the football in his hands. So Ferguson to me is definitely one of the biggest winners. We need to, we need to put it out there right now. 
Now, another guy that I think is a winner, and actually we're going to be alternating between losers and winners. Jalen Tolbert is a loser to me out of this free agency period. Now, I didn't think it was going to happen, but we were all a little bit afraid about the Cowboys not pulling the trigger on one of these big-name free agents or big-name available wide receivers via trades. And say that the Cowboys didn't do it, say that the Cowboys didn't get Brandon Cooks and they waited until the NFL draft, Tolbert was essentially your projected starter. Not anymore. Uh, although you could argue that maybe without the pressure of having to adapt to multiple positions and maybe him finding a more specific role within the offense could help him out, he is not a projected starter, which was not the expectation for him when he was drafted in the third round last year. We thought that he could be an immediate impact player. He wasn't. Then the narrative became maybe he can make it work a year from now. But right now, he's the number four wide receiver at best at this stage. Jalen Tolbert, to me, is definitely one of the losers of this free agency period. But to be honest, he probably kind of like was fighting an uphill battle anyways, even if the Cowboys had not uh, traded for Brandon Cooks. Holly says Tolbert's going to have to pray that someone gets hurt. And, you know, obviously he won't. And, and I know that we are uh, joking around right now. But I'm going to go with, uh, to answer Dominic's question here that really fits into this conversation right now. He says, where does Gallup stand right now with Cooks in here? I would say, I would say that you, you would have CeeDee Lamp as your number one guy. And then I would say that Brandon Cooks is your number two with Michael Gallup being your number three. And I would, I would hope that CeeDee Lamb plays primarily in the slot as he did last year because he can do a ton of damage from there. And it is no longer a position for role players, the slot position. Uh, it is a role in which some of the best wide receivers in the league, including people like Devontae Adams, We'll play from the slot frequently. So I'm, I think that the fact that you can have Lamp in the slot and then Cooks outside, which even though he's undersized, that has been his role over the last few years in his career. And he's got that vertical speed and he's got that magnificent footwork to beat press coverage. You want him to play outside, even though he's five foot ten for the Houston Texans roster. You want him outside and then Michael Gallup as your number three guy might see some favorable favorable matchups. And if he can if you can get to the point in which Tolbert, excuse me, in which Gallup is facing just a cornerback on the backside of each play one on one, I think that Gallup can play win those situations, especially if he's healthier. Uh maybe if he has to deal with some cover two type stuff or stuff like that. Maybe you are not going to trust him a lot to gain separation, at least not based on what we saw last year. But if he can, if he needs to be at a cornerback one-on-one and he can go upstairs and grab that football and bring it down, I still trust Gallup to get it done. I think that 
having to worry about CD Lamp and Brandon Cooks in one side of the field is going to open up a lot of possibilities for Michael Gallup. So as long as he's healthier, I would expect a bounce back season for number 13. The thing is, maybe he's not that healthy after the AZL injury. We'll see how things look like this year because he was not healthy in 2022, sadly. I thought that he was going to be ready to go, but clearly he was not. And the Cowboys have admitted to this publicly. Stephen Jones said it after the season. They put too much trust on Gallup's health when it was too early. Joey Bella says, Mauricio, is T.Y. Hilton coming back <laughs> or not? A, a way to say or not in Spanish, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm still going to bet that T.Y. Hilton comes back, but I'm going to bet that he comes back like later in the offseason towards training camp. But the Brandon Cooks, but the, the Brandon Cooks trade did lower my expectations for that. Let's see here. Gregory says, Mo, let's trade Gallup and a third next year for Stefan Diggs. I would do that in a heartbeat, but I, I, I'm still not buying the noise out of Buffalo. I'm still not buying the noise, excuse me, out of Buffalo about Stefan Diggs uh, being traded away. Blue Dab says, we got to disguise this guy's a play calls predictable. That hurt sick as much as anything. I knew every single time he rushed that he was rushing. Kevin says, just read that Dallas still has a chance at D-Hop in a trade for Gallup and pick number 58. Don't think that we need him. But that would be like a heck of a trade, right? If it does happen. Uh, and I, I don't think that, I think that that is mostly reporters and content creators just like tossing around ideas instead of actual reports. But I would do that. I would probably do that. Although, you know, the Hopkins contract situation would have to work out in your favor as well. He would have to be, he would have to keep his word and be friendly about the deal before moving on. Uh, Holland says, I thought that they signed TY today. No, the Cowboys did, didn't sign T.Y. Hilton today. There were a few moves, though. They signed Chuma Edoga, the offensive lineman who can play guard and tackle. So some news there. And they also signed Rojo, Ronald Jones, the running back out of Kansas City and Tampa Bay. I think that he's just like one more guy, better run running back that will add to the, to the running back room. The Cowboys also re-signed Rico Dowdle running back, and they re-signed Dante Fowler Jr. Maybe tomorrow night we will talk more about Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, that was the big one, I would say. Fowler Jr. returns to a defensive end rotation that might see Sam Williams step it up a notch, but Fowler can still be a very valuable asset for the Cowboys. So, good there. Uh, Joe says, what do you think about Ronald Jones? I think that for a minimum contract, it is a good signing. But I personally, I'm not too excited about just like his play. Like he's he's a veteran option on a minimum contract. I'm not going to complain about it ever. But I'm probably more excited about Rico Dowdle and Malik Davis <clears throat> being back. And I still think that if the Cowboys draft somebody else in the draft, 
then you're not going to see a lot of Ronald Jones. I texted somebody that has covered, you know, Ronald Jones closely over the last few years. I texted somebody to give his insight on Rojo. This is what I got back. This is the text message right here. Unreliable in pass pro, unreliable in passing game, lacks vision, but physical runner who can really get it going once he gets ahead of steam. That's about it. He was a healthy scratch just about all year long in Kansas City. <clears throat> he couldn't beat Isaiah Pacheco before he became Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> Holly says, my guy Mo is living the dream. 19 years old and getting paid to do what he loves. Uh, not going to lie. I love my job with all my heart. Like I have a lot of fun doing this every single night and writing articles for ADC Sports, etc. I'm not 19 years old, though, anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm 23 right now. I appreciate every one of you who tunes into the show every single night, though. That, that part is true. I love my job so much. Uh, anyways, let's move on a little bit here because we're falling behind on the winner-losers list. And I want to I mean, I want to end this show early enough so you can enjoy the eighth and the ninth inning of USA versus Japan in the World Baseball Classic Championship. Winner, Tony Pollard. I think that is a very straightforward one, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to spend too much time here, although it does relate to the Rojo news. Tony Pollard will be the number one running back of the Cowboys in a much more real sense, as Michael Scott would, would say. Because last year... Tony Pollard was kind of the starter. You could argue that, but in a much more real sense, it was Ezekiel Elliott. He started 14 games uh, versus Tony Pollard. He had more touches than, he's, than, than Tony Pollard. So in reality, even though we looked at Pollard as the number one guy in the position, Zeke was the starter last year, period, point blank. Yeah, it was close to a 50-50 split. But he, he got the starts and he got the majority of touches, right? So that is in the rearview mirror now. Pollard is the feature back. And he's not going to be a three-down guy, maybe. Uh, I think that we're going to see a strong rotation at running back when the time comes. But now your contract backs up that you're the number one guy and your stats do as well. So Pollard is obviously a winner in this situation and now he will get the opportunity to prove that 15 touches is, are not going to stop him. Because suddenly we had this idea, and I appreciate Coach Skip Spit, uh, Skip Pitt, excuse me, but it was kind of crazy to think that in touch number 16, Tony Pollard was done. He was gassed. It was crazy to think that. Now he gets a chance to actually prove that that, that, that that is the case. Let's see here. Dominic says, Bijan ain't going to make it to our pick, guys. Hey, I believe that as well. And I also have my doubts that even if he was there, the Cowboys would take him. Katharina says, I'm still bumped out about sick, though. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a fan point of view, I agree. Like, Sick was a cool guy. He was a, a one of the faces of the Cowboys for so much time, but it was the right move. No doubt about it. 
Now, let's move on a little bit here. And I have a question for you right now. Winner, cornerback De'Ron Bland. The Cowboys got Stephon Gilmore, and you could argue that Bland dropped from cornerback two to cornerback three. But you tell me, what do you guys make of this? Do you think that De'Ron Bland is a winner or a loser out of this whole thing? Winner or loser, De'Ron Bland, let me know in the chat while you do that. And before I give you, well, you already kind of know my answer, but before I tell you why, in my opinion, he is a winner, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because as always, it is time to talk about the guys who make this show possible. A family-owned business for over 65 years, A-plus customer service. You can check out Freeman Mazda's car dealership over at Irving, Texas. Or if you prefer, you can check out their website at FreemanMazda.net. And in it, you can check out the pictures of every car. You can see the inside and outside of every single vehicle. And as we do around this time here on Prime Time, it is time to discuss the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. In this case, it is a 2023 Mazda CX-30 2.5S Carbon Edition All-Wheel Drive. It starts at $30,790. It's got a sunroof, all-wheel drive, Wi-Fi hotspot, heated leather power memory foam seating, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up all the way to 33 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda right of the week once more over at FreemanMazda.net. So they were on bland. Winner or loser out of this whole thing. Bland is a winner, says Ines. Marky goes, he is a loser, I think, because he's saying they replaced him. <laughs> Joey Bella says, uh, y'all hit the like button for Mauricio's birthday. <laughs> All right, that, that's 100% a thing now from what I can see. Dominic says, Bland is definitely better at nickel cornerback, so we'd say win. Kevin goes with winner because he's got more experience behind him with Gilmore and Wilson in the back. Josh Ball is a winner. He's the best as Holly. Gilbert says winner. Let's see here. Time to trade KJ, says Mark Aaron. Are you getting something, though, in return? Got to talk about that. Don says, no, Dan, excuse me, says Blant is a winner because he gets to stay at nickel cornerback where he's better at. Katharina goes with winner. Tommy as well. Mark Aaron as well. Oh, Marky actually, Marky was arguing for, for a winner. Marky was going with winner there. Um, Bruce also says definitely a win for Bland. And I agree. Because I agree with what you have what some of you have said in the chat. Bland gets to start inside. And I love what Aaron Bland did in 2022. He was very versatile when he when they moved him outside. Bland was balling. But there is no question in my mind that he did a better job when he was playing nickel. And make no mistake about it, this is not because nickel is easier. I do agree with some of the coaches like Bill Purcells that have argued 
that nickel might be the toughest position right now to play on defense. Because as I said earlier, you've got number one guys playing in the slot, and there is a lot you have to worry about. If you're playing cover three, or even like cover two, cover four, whatever it is, if you're playing quarters, whatever, and that and your guy runs a vertical, you're likely carrying that vertical. You're likely one-on-one -on -one deep with some safety help. But you're also dealing with sort of so some uh, bump and run situations. You're also dealing with getting involved in the running game and making the physical tackles. You got to be a physical guy. And I think that that's what Darren Bland is. I think that he did a fantastic job playing at nickel. And I think that he's going to be a winner here by staying inside. I see some Jordan Lewis's shout outs in the chat. For a moment, I thought, hey, what if what if the Cowboys trade Jordan Lewis? But then I kill that idea in my head really quickly because you can you can never have too many cornerbacks. Let's keep them. Let's keep most of them. I don't know about Kelvin Joseph because I don't know what exactly he brings to the table at this point. He was very, very disappointing last year. We have Jordan Lewis as well. This is Marky. Uh, don't slip on him. No, cannot slip on him. I agree. Jordan Lewis says, uh, Edsu. Now, with, with Jordan Lewis, though, the thing is, he got hurt on what? He got hurt week six versus the Lions. Was it week six? I think that it was. And it was a serious injury because it was the Achilles injury for Jordan Lewis. So let's see how he does, though. Let's see how he does on rehab. If he can get back later in the year and be a depth piece, so be it. I would have that any day of the week. Oh, man, Japan has the bases loaded with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning in case you're not watching. <laughs> Holin Thompson. <laughs> See, Toxic, this is this is why you need to change your name back to Toxic Tom. He says, Mo, that is being nice about Kelvin Joseph. He tried <laughs> he tried to turn the blue tent into a state into a studio. <laughs> you need to change your name back to Toxic Tom. That is that is uh, a more descriptive username than all in Tom. We need we need Toxic Tom back. Because these comments were better by, by saying Toxic Tom before reading the actual comment every time. All right, let's move on with the list here. Uh, winner day run bland. However, I got to say, my guy, my guy Izzy Mukwamu might be a loser here. You guys know that I love him. I think that I was intrigued about the possibility of him starting if the Cowboys didn't get a cornerback like they just did with Stephon Gilmore. But he's kind of a loser here just because, you know, he's still a backup. They brought Donovan Wilson back at safety, so he's not going to carve out a role among the safeties. And with Gilmore, you can keep De'Aaron Bland at nickel, and that essentially takes out the opportunity for De for Mukwamu to start at cornerback. And with his versatility, I just thought that he was going to find a spot 
somewhere in the defensive backfield. Because I wasn't sure about Donovan Wilson coming back. I wasn't sure who was your uh, starting trio of cornerbacks. And now we have all of that figured out. So Mukwamu might have to, you know, wait on that opportunity for to be the next man up. And I think that he can be that. I think that he had a very, very good season in 2022. Every time that he got the chance to play, he balled out. But he's going to be to be patient. And I think that after some of these moves, he will, he will remain a, a, a loser based on the moves. But that guy is waiting for that opportunity to get into the starting lineup. And I think that he can bring a lot to the table. Uh, I think that he's been very impressive. He's obviously super long. So he fits exactly what Dan Queen wants on a defensive back. And yes, I agree with, with all of you here. That's an out. Japan is going to leave three men on base. But I see what Marky says here. I agree. I like Mark Mukwamu. He is versatile. Dominic says Mukwamu should move to safety. Dan says I think that they should change Mukwamu to... I know, I heard that they might switch Mukwamu to cornerback. Here's the thing. Wherever, wherever they want to have him practice, that versatility is not going away. So if he's moved to safety or cornerback, and then somebody is injured in the defensive backfield, whoever it is, Mukwamu has a chance of stepping in. He can be practicing with the safeties, and if a cornerback goes down, he might be involved right away and the other way around, I believe. That's how I look at it. So wherever he practices, Mukwamu has a chance of being that next man up, whatever happens. That's how I look at it. That's how high I am on, on easy. I thought that he was slated to be a starter before the Stephon Gilmore trade and before the Donovan Wilson re-signing. But he's kind of a loser out of these free agency moves right here. Uh, let's go to one more. Damon Clark, to me, is a winner. The Cowboys kept Leighton Van Der Esch. They didn't keep Anthony Barr, or at least have not re-signed him yet. I have talked about George Edwards being gone from the coaching staff and how he was kind of like his sponsor. So I can see Damon Clark being a winner. Because right now, he's a projected starter for the team moving forward. So give me Damon Clark as a winner. And I think we have one more, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, quarterback, Will Greer. He might have had a chance at, at the backup quarterback role. But the Cowboys keep Cooper Rush. I thought that maybe the Cowboys were going to be cheap about the quarterback position. I thought that maybe they were going to look to save some money in there and not pay him to come back. But they reached a very friendly deal. He, he didn't cash in as we thought he would after going 4-1 in 2022. He didn't, he didn't cash in as much. So that obviously opens up the opportunity for... Excuse me, that, that obviously closes the door mostly for Will Greer to compete for the backup role. Don't forget that in preseason last year, we were talking about Will Greer as the potential backup quarterback of Dak Prescott. How different could things have been if the Cowboys pursued that path? So I, I give you Damon Clark as a winner. Obviously, he demonstrated that he could play in 2022. 
obviously being the full-time starter would be a huge step up. But I think that right now he's got the, the one one up on Jabril Cox, who hasn't played defense really. Ryan says uh, Jabril Cox could be... Uh, oh, Ryan actually asked that you don't think that Jabril Cox will hit off? Maybe, but Clark has the the leg up on him after last year because he was in there on defense playing great. And Jabril was, quite honestly, a special teamer. Will that change or not? We will see. But I think that Clark has the advantage right now between those two. Let's see here. Holly says, Rush is better than some starters. I, I think that Rush is a very cerebral backup quarterback that fits what the Cowboys are trying to do. And if they keep him around, maybe it is because the offense is really not going to change that much. It's going to be about a 20 to 30% change. And if that is the case, then he is still very familiar with your offense and with the language of it. So it makes sense to keep him around. I don't know if he's better than many starters, though. Uh, he might be better than some. I think that we also kind of overrate him a little, a little bit just based on the record. He's good, but he, I mean, it's not like he put the team on his back when winning those four games in 2022. And I'm not even hating on him. Uh, the numbers don't lie. He was like 27th in DVOA, 27th in EPA per play. In a lot of those statistics that matter, uh, he was he he was one of the of the bottom quarterbacks in the league during his time playing. So I just don't want to overrate him too much, which is why I think he got that deal from the Cowboys. Mark Aaron says I like the Houston QB as a long shot. Yeah, that's true. The Cowboys could get their guy in the draft too, whether it's the Houston QB, the SMU QB, uh, TCU QB. Hey, thank you to Ryan. Thank you for tuning into the show. And I will let Skywalker know that you love him, sir. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Cooper is a good backup QB, says Cam. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. I like the Red Rocket too, says Prince. Oh, and Dalton landed himself a, a good gig, I think, right now in the in the market. But anyways, I've got one more winner, and then we will have the one cool thing of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, the one cool thing is a random feel-good space that we do around this show every single Tuesday night. And we all share something like, you know, whether it's something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be, just your one cool thing of the week. We will get into that shortly. But before we do, I've got one more winner. One more winner, which is Tyler Smith, the offensive lineman. And I say the offensive lineman because as of right now, I don't know if Tyler Smith is a guard or a tackle. I just don't know. The Cowboys reworked Tyron's uh, deal. He's sticking around and he's got a lot of incentives to earn back all of that money that he quote-unquote lost. But Tyler, I think he's a winner because suddenly if the Cowboys don't feel like, oh my God, Mike Trout has got a runner in second base and 
on first base with no outs. Mike Trout is my favorite ball player, and I think that is pretty unfair to say because he might be everyone's favorite ball player. But I'm I'm the guy that will defend Mike Trout as the goat. It's either him or Willie Mays. Sue me. <laughs> but anyways, while we watch Mike Trout with one eye, let me say, say the Cowboys don't like what. Oh, man. Nah, they didn't hit him, bro. Ah. Oh, wait, they didn't hit him. Okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Mike Trout take his swing. I don't want to see him walk to first base after being hit. If the Cowboys don't like what they see from Tyler at tackle, or they say, you know what? He's not ready yet. They can just move him out of guard. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, there's no way. <laughs> right field catch. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so much. All right, that's okay. We're just setting We're just setting the table for the bottom of the ninth. Shohei versus Mike Trout. We're just doing that right now. We're setting it up. We're letting it build. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Ah. See, I, I want to see Mike Trout have a moment. Because in the Angels, he will never have a moment. And and it's not like he wants to he he doesn't want out of the of the Angels, which is kind of painful as a baseball fan. But yeah, I, I tune in to watch the Yankees every single day during baseball season. But I also tune in to the Angels games just to be like aware of Mike Trout's at bats. I try to catch every single Mike Trout at bat of the season during MLB season. So I want I want him to have his moment. Okay, I apologize. This is a once in each four years, five years kind of thing. So I got to watch the World Baseball Classic here. But back to the show. Tyler Smith is a winner to me just because he gets some flex. He gets some opportunity. If things don't work out for him at tackle, then he can move to guard. And he's got that flexibility. And the Cowboys do too. So I like that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, so you can catch the eighth inning and the ninth inning of the World Baseball Classic Championship, let me know in the chat, what is your one cool thing of the week? Let me add a sound effect here. There you go. What is your one cool thing of the week? It can be something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. And then we'll get out of here and we will see each other on Wednesday night. Uh, one cool thing from Joy Bella already in the chat. He says, one cool thing, one of, my one of my daughters just turned one on Sunday and we had a little petting suit. They had a miniature horse and painted it like a unicorn, LMAO, because that was a theme. There you go, Joy Bella. That's your one cool thing. Mark Aaron, come on. Why you do this to me, man? Bo's Mole. <laughs> All right. We, we can come up with a name for it if you want. <laughs> There you go. One cool thing. I didn't hit the lotto, says Kevin. Well, that's that's not as cool. <laughs> My one cool thing, says Gilbert, would be if USA wins. I'm rooting for the USA just because I'm rooting for Mike Trout, not going to lie. <laughs> Holly, I don't want to read that. 
My uncle thing is watching your show every night. You're awesome. Oh, hey, thank you, Katharina. I appreciate you. Here's my one cool thing. Here's my one cool thing. As you guys know, I love football with all my heart. And I also love Mexico's Pro Football League. And I've been covering my home team for, since 2020 now. And on Saturday night, we had the first ever. There's been pro football around since 2016 in Mexico. We had the first ever pro football game with snow. And I got to be the PA announcer in the stadium. Usually I'm on the booth doing play-by-play, but for some league reasons, uh, some of the broadcasts are exclusive now, so I don't get to call every game. But I was a PA announcer for this one, and it was on the snow. We were having fun. Very historic night in Chihuahua, Mexico. So that's my one cool thing. I love that night with all of my heart. It was so fun to call the game from the field in the snow. Plus the home team won 27 to 25 to 7 versus the number one team in the league. And they remain undefeated through three weeks. All in says, Mo, are you behind one of the snowflakes because I don't see you? Yep, that's probably why. <laughs> Mark Aaron says, one cool thing, the Cowboys are getting things done. Does that count? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Bruce says, my one cool thing is having success potty training my daughter. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Joe, Joe says, one of my one of my cool things is nothing because I have a boring life. Says, Joe, Joe. There's got to be one cool thing here and there. Like, we will take prime time being the one cool thing. Let's see here. One more before we get out of here. All In says, going on a hike this weekend. Definitely been working way too much. Don't want to collapse like Team Mexico. Uh, you trapped me, Toxic Tom. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> All right. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. That will be it for me tonight here on the show. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. We'll have some conversations about the defensive positions. We'll kind of rank them unless something comes up. Something always kind of comes up during this time of the year. So take that with a grain of salt. But anyways, I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you for tuning into the show. I know that it was kind of a mess at the beginning of the show, but hey, I apologize. I think that we got through it. Good luck to you guys in the World Basel Classic Championship. We'll see how things turn out over the next couple of hours. As we learned last night, you can never tell with baseball. It ain't over till it's over. Y nos vemos el día de mañana, miércoles, a las 8 p.m. I'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central. Prime time, as always, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. See you then. Bye-bye.